Sometimes I don't know how to answer questions about Christianity. Sometimes I get asked questions that I wonder myself. I know I don't have all the answers, and I trust the Bible to guide me. But for someone who doesn't believe in the Bible, where do I even start? Searching for God is a study package you can do alone or with a group. It'll walk you through some of the challenges you're facing from friends or family who don't understand your faith. Searching for God. Available at Zondervan.com. To many people we will encounter who are not believers in Jesus Christ, maybe even all people who don't believe in Jesus, you can't start with the Bible because they don't believe the Bible is truth. You have to start someplace else. So if the Bible is where you are, you have to start where they are. You want to lead them to the Bible because you believe that's truth. But you can't start with the Bible. When someone says, well, why do you believe in creation? And you say, well, because in the Bible, in Genesis, it says, and they say, well, I don't believe in the Bible, so I don't believe in creation. Then what do you say? Hi, this is Holly, and welcome to Study with Friends. In 1 Peter 3.15, God commands us to be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and respect. We are talking today about practical biblical ways to do that. If you'd like to hear the rest of the series, go to studywithfriends.org and type Peter in the search box. You can listen there online or search us on your favorite streaming service like Spotify or iTunes. That's studywithfriends.org. Let's get started. So in Act 17, I'll give you the gist. Acts 17, um, we're coming in on the scene where Paul has uh, been making his missionary journeys and he has, has, has encountered some opposition, but he's staying strong in the faith. Um, the chapter, uh, the the entirety of chapter 17 is a few examples of where he, just a few of many examples in the book of Acts of where Paul is witnessing and reasoning and teaching people about Jesus Christ. So we, this is, this is the scene we come upon, uh, for the context of what we're talking about now. Um, so, um, in general, I have a question I asked you in the homework to read through Acts 17. Can you just give me, before we go into my specifics, give me um, from that blue, bo- blue box on your discussion guide, what are the examples that you saw Paul displaying, which might be instructive on how to make a defense of our faith? What did you put in that little question box, answer box? Oh, so when he was in the synagogues and people uh, were asking him questions, he was prepared to answer them and that ties in with in first peter when it's like be prepared to answer why you believe That's what great. you believe and then i was oh and when he would go into the synagogues and he wasn't afraid to proclaim like the gospel and talk about jesus and the resurrection he wasn't he was just like i'm gonna tell you mm-hmm. you're gonna listen yeah <laughs> yeah that's great thank you what did you guys put so I, I um, honed in on verses 24 to 31 and how he clearly states that God is the creator, we're made in his image, and he set a time when he will judge everyone. Mm. And So you felt that was instructive. That actually I goes towards what we did. talked about at the beginning, There's how truth. we forget about eternity. Yeah, it's, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that in the end, we're all going to be judged. Right, that's good. Okay. Anything else from the global reading of chap of chapter seventeen in Acts? 
that you just thought, oh, that's that's a good example for me to follow when I defend my faith? This Acts 17 is one of my favorite examples of defense of faith because the what he says in verse 22 um, the men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious and the, you know, and I'm no longer voting, but the, um, you know, the, the, the memorial to the unknown God. And he didn't just come in blind being like, Jesus is awesome. And here's why you should believe it. And who cares about all these other gods? He came in and he made sure he wrote in the study guide. I liked, he said, um, be relevant. Yes. Uh, he was made sure that yes. he, he, he he was uh, an outsider. He was not Greek. He did not know Greek theology, but he came in and he made sure that he knew what he was talking about. And then he started talking. Amen. And he didn't he didn't just come in guns blazing to a culture that he didn't understand. He met them where they were. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that is incredibly important, especially in today's. I do, too. Especially do too. in today. You come in, in guns America. blazing, you're going to be annoying. Not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then also saying with that when he came and it says for as I passed along and looked carefully at the objects of your worship and he was like I looked carefully and I examined them to see like what you know what you guys are getting at with this mm-hmm. instead what do of you believe yeah I just thought that was interesting you mm-hmm. can't just come in being like oh Jesus is great which true but you need to not, look at not incorrect yeah it's not yeah it's not incorrect but it's like you were saying you need to pay attention to their faith as well and see why they believe what they believe. Yeah, to a certain degree, I think what I'm about to say might rub some Christians the wrong way, but let me try to phrase it in a winsome way. To many people we will encounter who are not believers in Jesus Christ, maybe even all people who don't believe in Jesus, you can't start with the Bible because they don't believe the Bible is truth. Mm-hmm. You have to start someplace else. You have to really start. So if the Bible is where you are, you have to start where they are. Mm-hmm. You want to lead them to the Bible because you believe that's truth. But you can't start with the Bible. When someone says, well, why do you believe in creation? And you say, well, because in the Bible, in Genesis, it says, and they say, well, I don't believe in the Bible. So I don't believe in creation. Then what do you say? If your <laughs> exactly. entire defense is based on the Bible. They, I mean, you need more than one re- resource. Yeah, you know, to create well, a good defense, you need. Here's like, the you thing: need more than one source. There's a there's a really great, um, super smart dude. His name is John Frame, and and there there are okay. So there are all different kinds of apologetics, and some people they they classify them. I won't get into it too much, but they classify it like um, Gary Habermas, who is a kind man, and I would call him a friend because I worked with him on this project, searching for God. He's an expert in the historical data around the resurrection. That's the direction that he comes at apologetics. He will be able, he can tell you every historical piece of data outside of the Bible that proves the resurrection actually happened. Super useful. Mm -hmm. Then there are people like uh, Nabil Qureshi, who is also part of the project. He wrote uh, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. He was a Muslim. And he comes at it from that perspective, apologetics. Um, uh, William Lane Craig um, is really a big fan of the cosmological argument. That's a scientific argument. And John Frame comes 
at what he calls, I think what you're, you and I are kind of grappling with is called presuppositional apologetics. The truth is we all have presuppositions when we come into a conversation. I believe what I believe and you believe what you believe. I'm going to argue from that place. I'm going to reason from that place. So the best thing that I can do as a Christian to be winsome is to meet you where you are in your place. Not try to drag you to my place, but to meet you where you are. This is why I said earlier, I think questions are really helpful with that. But also because if I if I don't if you don't believe in what I'm saying, if you don't believe in the Bible or in Jesus Christ, I can't use that as a presuppositional de- defense. If I come into a conversation in plain words, if I come into a conversation with my my assumptions first, I'm never going to be able to have a meaningful conversation with you because you bring your assumptions. I have to come to where you are and say, tell me more about your assumptions. Like you said, Paul came to the Areopagus and said, tell me, I've seen your unknown gods. He's meeting them where they are. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So instead of instead of staying fully seated where I am, and this is why I mentioned John Frame, because he says, look, the truth is we all stay seated. You don't remove Christianity from your being to have these conversations. We all stay seated in our faith when we have these conversations, but we can't start the conversation from that place. Yeah. It has to start from where the other person is. Well, we're, I, we're trying to lead them back to where we are. We don't leave that place, but we don't disregard what, what they're bringing to, to the conversation. What's jumping out at me, I think a helpful way to look at that is being on the other side of it. If somebody's trying to convince us that Hinduism is the only way and they keep referring to whatever they refer to, that means nothing to us. Right. You, you, they can talk about that thing till the sky, you know, till the end of the day. But what am I going to do with that? To me. What am I going to mm-hmm. do with that? Infra- I don't believe mm-hmm. that. So how are you even using that as something to defend what you're? Mm-hmm. That's right. Know, come at it from the other person. That's right. Sho- like, yeah. Put yourself in their shoes. Yes. Meet them to, where they are. That's what we're saying. The same and thing. that's what Paul did. So that was great that you guys called mm-hmm. that out. So we'll talk about that more in a few minutes. And I wanted to relate to that. And I feel like, no offense, but there are a lot of Christians that forget how to not argue, but how to defend what they believe in. And like when I was reading in Acts 17, I was thinking like of a simpler way to examine it, like defending your favorite food. You can't just go up to someone that doesn't like Mm. chicken and be like, well, chicken's great and you're wrong for not liking it. And (laughs) stuff like that, like you can't just go up to someone and be like, well, you're irrelevant and what you like popcorn is relevant because I don't like it and I'm not going to believe you and stuff like that. It's like you have to go up to them and be like, well, why do you think popcorn is so great? Well, (laughs) and you know what? It's a great example because we're talking in really lofty ideas here, but you're bringing it down to like, here's a great analogy Mm -hmm. or someone who's maybe even to take that analogy further, someone who's vegan, who's like, you're wrong for eating meat. And I'm like, but bacon is good. (laughs) (laughs) I can't survive without it. Yeah. And so... So that's a really good analogy, Caitlin. Aren't these girls mm, so awesome? Such a yes. blessing. Yeah. Such a blessing. Okay. So let's dive in then because you guys have hit a lot of these notes already and then we'll be done. Okay. So number one, I put in the discussion guide examples that we can see in Act 17 of how to fruitfully defend our faith. And by the way, I think you have to read through Act 17 because the reason this is a great example is peppered in. 2 Acts 17 is the fruit of Paul's labor. 
And it says, and many people believed, and many mm-hmm. people believed, mm-hmm. and many people believed. So let's not forget that Paul part. Paul was a rock star. Yeah, he was a rock star. Okay, so let's look first. Um, my first point is, in order to be effective in defending your faith, number one for me is be in relationship. Yeah. So I do have... I am I am blessed by the YouTube videos and the lecturers who stand up and 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 do lectures and defend their faith, defend our faith from a stage. But I also recognize that's not particularly relevant mm-hmm. because I I will likely have to defend my faith in a coffee shop or on my couch or in someone's backyard. And so it's better for me to understand that my first priority is to be in relationship. We talked a little bit about this. You can win the argument, but lose the soul. They can argue with your argument, but not your testimony. All those things come in the context of relationship. So be in relationship. That's the first way to to defend your faith well. Now from uh, verse two, can we fill in? As Paul went in, and Paul went in, as was his custom, and on, what are the blanks here? What are the blanks here on, on your discussion guide? Three Sabbath days. Okay. So three Sabbath days, what he reasoned with them from the scriptures. That's verse two. Why do you think I pulled out three Sabbath days? Because he was there for a while. He was creating those relationships. Yeah. So that's three weeks. At least. You're saying. At least. And Romy, mm-hmm. that speaks to what you were commenting on earlier. He wasn't trying to close the deal in one meeting. Right. So I think be in relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. He reasoned. Um, um, now I've jumped to verse 17. He reasoned blank, blank, blank. What is that? In the synagogue Mm -hmm. with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace day by day with those who happen to be there. Okay. So here again, he's not trying to close the deal one time. So Gianna, you said three Sabbath days. That's at least three weeks. It's Mm -hmm. three weeks. And I said, it's at least three weeks because in verse 17, he said, it says, he reasoned in the synagogues. So that means he went week on week on week and he talked to the Jews there. And then he was in the marketplace and he uh, day by day and he talked with whatever he found there. So he's he's got a multi-pronged approach. He wants to deal with the Jews. He knows to meet them where they are in the synagogue. He wants to deal with the everyday man. He knows to meet them where they are in the marketplace. Yeah. So be in relationship. Meet people where they are. Great. Okay, the next, number two. That also, that's not just meet people where they are mentally. It is also physically. Absolutely. Meet people where they are. Go to the place that they are. Go to a place that you might not usually go to. Mm-hmm. But if you want to reach people, you need to physically be in the same place. Yep, that's a great <laughs> point. Um, I, I'd like to, to add to that point, which I'm glad you mentioned. Um. I have respect for people who go on a Saturday or a Sunday door to door witnessing for Jesus Christ or go to a mall and accost people for Jesus Christ. I have respect for that. I don't think that's what we're seeing here because I know that, you know, Paul was a tent maker. That's how he sustained himself to for his own ministry. He made his own money by making tents and he sustained himself to travel around through making tents. He had a practical job that supported his ministry. So I think what we see here is while he's doing his job, he's reasoning with people day to day. So where he happens to be, 
Um, again, nothing but respect for people who go on a Saturday and a Sunday and find people to witness to. Nothing but respect. But I, I think what we're seeing here is someone who's where they're planted in life, where they're planted in life, witnessing in that place and meeting people where they are there. Does that make sense? I think he also had a profession that allowed him to travel, mm-hmm. which I think is, which not everyone has. And I think if you have that, that's, you know, a blessing, but not every, you don't have to, you know, Paul went everywhere. He went all over God's green earth. But being in the context of relationship, maybe it's better if you stay in one place. I mean, yeah, we you work, don't have to I work everywhere. with people who are atheists. I've worked with them for 10 years. Mm. It's going to take time. Right. So, so there's, uh, there's, you can be a blessing in both situations. So be in relationship. That's number one. Number two, I wrote, be prepared. Caitlin, you called that out. You were like, he was ready. Uh, so let's read in verse 11. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So what's the word I called out there? examined right so what i'm calling out here is actually the bereans about how they were faithful to examining the scriptures and what we talked about a little bit earlier don't just believe and not learn you have to keep learning learn your bible and learn the answers to the questions that people pose examine the truth i would like to just like comment um something that seems obvious but is also important where were they getting those scriptures if they are examining the scriptures every day to see what paul said was true he must have given them material to read well the berean i mean the old testament was a thing so they he didn't have to give it to them they they probably already had it the gospels with him no this is the book of acts when is that chronologically but first oh never mind so they're they're examining the Old Testament. Got it. To see if what Paul said is true. They're saying is oh. is did is everything that is prophesied in the Old Testament is what Paul's saying about this dude Jesus, is it really the fulfillment? That's what they're saying. That's what they're looking at. Okay. So be prepared. Um however you are inclined to do so, be prepared. Have the answers in your own I I really think have the answers in your own heart. Be confident in your own heart and you'll feel more confident in conversations when they come upon you. So number two is be, so number one is be in relationship. Number two is be prepared. Number three is be patient. Um, We talked about this a little bit earlier as well. You don't be, don't feel pressured to be the closer. Don't feel pressured to be the one who delivers the gospel and gets the result right then and there. That's, I think maybe in some cases, in some situations, that's a little bit of a trap of the enemy because instead of giving us what we need to accomplish that, it creates fear in us and and cripples us in that conversation. So be patient. Don't assume it's going to happen in this conversation in this moment. In fact, it might be healthier to assume it's not. That frees you up to say, it's not on me. It's on the Holy Spirit. Um. So in that context, let's look at verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So what's the what did I call out in the homework? What was the word that I called out? Two words. I assume it's 
I think it's a little bit of a different version, but I assume it's distressed. Uh, yeah, my version says he was greatly distressed. greatly distressed. And the reason that I called that out is he had emotions. He might have felt like, oh my gosh, I have to go tell them the truth right now. I'm distressed by what I see. I need to fix it. I mean, who can't relate to that? If you have someone you love, someone in your family, someone you're in relationship with, like I told you to be in relationship and be prepared. So now you're in relationship and you're prepared and something comes to you and you are, you have a visceral response. You have an emotional response. You're like, oh no, I can't let you, who I love, sit there in a lie. I need to bring you to the truth. Well, first you need to be patient. Be patient because Paul waited until he was invited to speak on that. He was distressed. He saw the idols. He took in the unknown God. He took it all in and he waited on the Lord to bring an opportunity to him that would be fruitful. Because if he led, as you said earlier, Janet, if you lead with your own flesh, God will block it. It's hard for you to remember scriptures because in the end, then you get the credit. But if you wait on the Lord and let him go in front of you, like Paul does, if you're patient, you can see fruit. Okay. You guys have questions so far? Now I'm kind of just preaching at you. Okay. I do have uh, one thing. Um, earlier you said, when you said the, um, you know, assume that you won't be the last, the closer, you know? What you said earlier about the last piece of the puzzle, you know, you might, we assume that you won't be the last piece of the puzzle. I, 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 I like what you're saying there, but I did want to just call out quickly that I don't think the prayer is the last piece of the puzzle. I don't know that there is a last piece of the puzzle because I think a trap that Christians fall into a lot is, okay, I prayed with them and now they're Christian and it's great and now I'm done. And, but there's so much after that because, you know, like if you pray, the if you pray with someone and they accept Jesus and then you are like, okay, bye, mm. I'm off to my next convert. Mm-hmm. It's, you didn't do anything. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's a little bit what I think might be wrong with the idea of going to the mall and trying to pray with people Getting to numbers. convert them. Yeah, get this numbers game. That's what... Uh, I, I would never criticize it because I do believe some people are called to do that. I really do. But I also feel like you're right. If you just meet people on the street and and, and pray with them. Um, There's no accountability. Where, how, you have to they help them plug in. They need a tribe. Yeah. Um, so thanks for that reminder. Yeah. And I think it's it's fine if it's not you. It's fine if you're like, okay, now you... I had an experience where I was like, okay, I prayed with someone and I was like, now I don't know how to help you after this, but I can give you to someone who does. Yeah. And you know, you can like, it's not hand, not hand them off, but well, like, no, you know, yes, hand, hand them, them off. off. Like, because, because, yeah. okay, you, you know, like, in, in the Bible, it tells us that each of us is a part of the body mm-hmm. and that each of us has a purpose. So if the hand only was a hand and couldn't bring food to the mouth, we would die. So the hand brings food to the mouth because that's where that that should go next. Yeah. So don't be afraid to hand off. Hey, it's Holly again. This is the part where I remind you that our ministry is supported by donations and ask you to prayerfully consider helping to financially support the ministry of study with friends. But guess what? In this particular study, 
You'll hear us talk a little bit about a book called Searching for God, recently published by Zondervan and available on their website or ours. It's a great resource for equipping yourself in the way that 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us. It says, be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Searching for God is for individual or group study, and it'll walk you through some of the challenges that you're facing from the culture and maybe friends or family who don't understand your faith. It'll help you have the confidence you need to have those conversations in an informed but loving way. You can get this book, Searching for God, on our website, studywithfriends.org, and that supports our ministry too, so that's a win-win. I hope you take a moment to visit our website. You'll find a lot of free resources there as well. That's studywithfriends.org. See you next time we study with friends. Sometimes I don't know how to answer questions about Christianity. Sometimes I get asked questions that I wonder myself. I know I don't have all the answers and I trust the Bible to guide me. But for someone who doesn't believe in the Bible, where do I even start? Searching for God is a study package you can do alone or with a group. It'll walk you through some of the challenges you're facing from friends or family who don't understand your faith. Searching for God. Available at Zondervan.com.